Kirsten Galloway, and welcome to the Actually I Can podcast. This is a podcast for when you want to be encouraged by hearing someone share a struggle they got through or a goal that they accomplished and in the process discover that actually I can. These are conversations with friends that are just ordinary people. They're living extraordinary lives. You are listening to episode 12 with the wonderful Julia Robleski, college student, chef, influencer, runner, cookbook writer, and overall amazing young woman. Julia and I decided to post this episode today, February 22nd, because it's the first day of National Eating Disorders Awareness Week in 2021. And Julia has a story to share that we hope will bring great encouragement to you. The title of this episode is No Fear February, and you'll hear why in this conversation about what it's like to battle an eating disorder and also to have victory in that battle. Julia has a beautiful inner strength that has helped her to heal and to thrive, and I am so excited about her plans and the way that God has used her struggle for her good and his glory and will continue to do so in her future. Listen in. Hey, Julia. Welcome to the Actually I Can podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I know you are just getting back into school. It's your spring semester of junior year. What is that like? It's exciting. It's kind of crazy how fast everything's going. I feel like in some ways I just came to college like a few months ago, but... um, I'm excited for everything to kind of start wrapping up and um, just kind of savoring these last few semesters. Yeah. Are you, what are you studying? I'm studying business and communications um, and hoping to go into event management after school. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. So um, you have a lot going on because you've got school, but you also have this amazing endeavor called Julia's Plate. And I want to talk all about that. And I thought maybe we could start by talking about like your life, like who, if you, your family and, and, and a little bit about your history and how you got to Julia's plate, mm-hmm. how that all transpired. Yeah. So I um, grew up in Wheaton, Illinois and lived there my whole life. And I have one brother and um, my parents and um I was a runner all of middle school and high school and um, college. And then I also did dance when I was younger for 10 years. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I did oh, Irish cool. dance. So that was a oh, big. Oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a big um, part of my kind of childhood and growing up. And um, so when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, so let's see, I think January of around 2016. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of had a few like changes going on in my life, um, from sort of that winter to that summer. Um, my brother was leaving for college and then I had three of my best friends who all moved away within three, four months of each other. And then um, I ended up quitting dance because of an injury. And 
just had kind of a lot of um, changes all at once. And I, around the same time, I was 15. That's um, kind of a typical age for a lot of girls to start comparing themselves and comparing their bodies and what they're eating. And um, all of those things kind of just left me in this place where I felt very out of control. And um, so what I turned to was food and um, running. And I just kind of started, at first it was really gradual, just, um, I actually, this whole thing probably started in January of my sophomore year of high school, um, kind of when all these changes started happening. And then from January to the summer, um, things just kind of started to spiral pretty quickly. And before I knew it, it was um, what had started as kind of just like this innocent desire to um, become healthier, even though I already was a healthy Um, Mm 15-year-old, just kind of spiraled into this obsession. And um, I started basically how it, it kind of happened for me was I started with like a few rules about um, things that I could or couldn't eat or when I was going to exercise. And then eventually I just, my list of rules was just so long. Um, And it was just taking up so much of my um, brain space and things and other things in my life just sort of started to kind of fall away, like different relationships and um, basically just because I didn't have space in my head um, for much else besides this eating disorder. And so what it was like, it was kind of taking over you. Like, like yes. You to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way I always um, describe it is it's kind of like there's another person like living in your brain that's like telling you what to do all the time. And mm-hmm. no matter how hard I would try to resist that voice or not listen to it. Um, it's just, it's very difficult to separate what you know is true from these other voices in your head. Um, mm-hmm. And so by November of my junior year of high school, um, I had just finished a cross country season and I was just really sick at that point. And um, my family had noticed. And so they, I'm so thankful for my parents and how they intervened because I really don't know where I'd be without um, Mm -hmm. their help but they Mm -hmm. took me in to um, a nutritionist and that was a really big wake-up call for me because I kind of knew that something was wrong Um, I didn't think that I had an eating disorder I was very resistant to that um and so they the, like the label of it or just the reality of it that you were like, no, that's not me. Yeah, I think it was kind of both because I knew that if that was true, I was going to have to stop what I was doing and oh. I was going to have to restore my weight and change my what I thought were healthy habits and I would lose control is oh, basically. That, okay, yeah, um, I understand. Uh-huh. Yeah, so they took me in to this nutritionist like two days after Christmas and I my parents told me that we were just going to talk to her and see if she had any advice and we walked in and she 
told me that I had an eating disorder and I got really angry and Hmm. I was like, no, I don't. And, um, my relationship with her started kind of (laughs) badly, I would say, (laughs) which she's, I still, um, meet with her pretty regularly. And she's told me that that's very normal for people when they start coming to her. Um, and now she's someone that I'm really, really close with, but Basically, I started seeing her and a therapist, um, and I was able to do outpatient treatment, which I'm really um, thankful for. But so I started seeing them and just kind of unpacking everything and um, basically learning how to eat again and how to approach food. And um, I forgot to mention this, but back in the summer before all this happened was when I started my Instagram, and it was originally called Teen Clean Eats, which I'm really glad I changed that name, but, um, but it kind of started in an unhealthy place because it was um, when I thought I was doing all these healthy things, and but I was um, the habits that I was forming were just not good. I wasn't eating enough, and I just had a really bad um, mentality around food, and so it started there, which I've deleted all of those posts and everything now, but. Um, it's kind of just come along with me on this whole um, journey. And it was really a way um, for me to kind of enjoy food and um, eating and cooking again. Um, Wow. Because it was something that was filled with so much anxiety and stress for me for so many years. So being able to make pretty oatmeal bowls and make cookies was um, kind of a way for me to make it like a more positive um, thing again, I guess. Did you like when you, I can imagine that when you were starting to um, get health, like really healthy again, Mm -hmm. that it would be really scary to like uh, break your own rules and to eat things that you had sort of forbidden yourself or mm-hmm. at times or amounts or whatever that is like the stress of that I think would be really scary. Like you're kind of s- stepping over a boundary that you had already set for yourself. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of, so I had this whole list of rules about the, or I call them like my eating disorder rules, but then when I started treatment and recovery, um, there was a whole nother list of rules about how to recover. And I'm a very like type A person and I'm, I've always been a rule follower. So it was very challenging for me to kind of have this balance of my head wants to listen to my eating disorder rules, but I know I'm supposed to do these other things. Like I know I'm supposed to eat and eat these things and, um, resist the eating disorder but it was kind of just it's just like a battle um in my mind and it was definitely hard to sort of over time just shift to listening to what I knew was true and what I knew was going to help me in the long run um and it's also I think the people in my life that I trusted Mm -hmm. were telling me to follow or to not follow the eating disorder. And that was helpful to me because I knew that my parents and um, 
my doctors, deep down, I knew that they had my best interest in mind, even if it didn't seem like that. So I would always try to remind myself that um, I could trust what they were saying probably more than I could trust myself at that point. You know, what a great testament to your family and your parents that you had that you guys had that solid trust, because if you hadn't had that, it would have been hard to, you might have said, oh, they just don't want me to X, Y, Z or, you know, um, so that's really powerful. And then you were also a runner. So how did you manage that? Like, because running, I know, burns a lot of calories. Did you keep running or, um, I mean, you do, because I know you are still a runner. So obviously, Mm -hmm. how did you manage that? Um, It was, honestly, I think running is kind of the thing that really got me through in some ways, because I knew that if I didn't keep restoring my weight, and if I didn't um, do what I was supposed to do, it would be taken away. Um, My doctors always said, like, if I didn't keep to my plan and didn't do what I was supposed to do, I wouldn't be able to run. And I loved running. And that was a big motivator for me to um, keep doing what I was supposed to do. But it was definitely a journey for me to change my mindset around it because when I was sick it was very it was a very legalistic thing for me like I had to run this exact pace and if I didn't race well it was horrible and um as I kind of shifted my whole relationship with food my relationship with running really changed too and it became um it took a long time but it became something that I knew that I enjoyed because I was working hard at it and um once I realized that being really thin wasn't going to make me fast, it was just going to make me injured. It was a really big, because that was part of what really caused me to spiral in the fall of my junior year was that I thought everyone who's fast is really skinny. And so if I do that, then I'll be faster. And I can't believe how wrong um, that is now. But it's something that a lot of people in running, especially girls, um, feel that way, that if they lose weight, it'll make them faster. And what I found was that it only made me injured and made me hate running and made me just weak and not feeling my best. And um, as soon as I kind of restored my weight, I loved running more and I was running better. And mm, it's just... Yeah, it's a really big misconception um, in kind of the whole cross-country world that everyone thinks that losing weight will make them faster, but it's such an unhealthy perspective. And um, it's something that I've always really tried to convince people that it's not true because it's so hard and it's so hard to resist that mentality, but um, it can just be so harmful. You are really, you really have had to be strong and courageous. It reminds me of that Bible verse as I say that, Mm -hmm. strong and courageous. And how much of your faith played into that? Yeah, it did. I think it's, I have a um, mentor here at Hope who, her name's Jen, and she leads a Bible study at Hope about body image and eating disorders. And she, I was talking to her one time last year and she described her recovery as um, kind of like three phases, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. Mm. And 
I really resonated with that because I think I had to recover physically first um, before I was able to understand the spiritual aspect of it because it took a really long time for me to sort of understand why this happened to me um, and to trust that God had a plan for this part of my life because Mm. it was really, really painful and the hardest thing I've ever been through. And it's hard in the moment to kind of trust that um, it's part of the plan. And deep down, I always knew that it was, but it was very hard um, when I was in high school for me to really believe that what was happening was supposed to happen, even though it was really difficult. And as I've kind of gotten away from that a little bit more, it's gotten easier. But I think what really kind of got me through that time was um, I just kind of would come to God and just say, I don't really even know what to pray at this point because Mm -hmm. it was just so hard. But um, I always just prayed that he would use it for his glory and would help me to recover. And um, now looking back, I can't believe how much he has done in my life and the people that he's brought into my life to help me. Um, And just the way that I've been able to use what's happened um, to help other people has really, really helped me to understand that there's always a purpose for everything. And even if it's really, really difficult, there's, always a way that God can use it for his glory. And it's always my hope that I can use my story and what I've gone through to help other people. Mm. Well, I'm sure you are just starting that part of um, your life. Do you do that? Like, do you, are you involved in anything where you're able to share that? Or is it more like when you meet people and you can share your story or how do you do that? Yeah. So there's, um, a few things that I've been able to do. I really didn't tell anyone about what I had gone through for a couple years. Um, it just took me a long time to get to the place where I was comfortable with anyone knowing. Um, mm-hmm. And that shift was kind of when I came to college and um, realized that there's a lot of people who deal with this. And I always felt so much shame around my eating disorder. And then when I was a freshman, I kind of realized that the only way to stop people from feeling that way is to talk about it. And mm, mm-hmm. once I sort of um, realized that what I went through wasn't my fault and it wasn't, um, it really isn't something to be ashamed of because it's just part of my life and my story. And that really helped me to feel like I could share it. And so I started sharing it just on my Instagram. Um, I've done a bunch of blog posts and things like that on there. And it's been crazy how many people in my life and on Instagram too have reached out and they have the same story. And um, I also did two years ago, so my freshman year, I did a series called No Fear February, where I interviewed a bunch of runners and nutritionists and um, other bloggers about their experience. And I had a list of questions that I asked them, um, like advice for people who were struggling and just doing things like that. I usually, 
I don't talk about it as much anymore on Instagram. Um, just as I've kind of moved away from that part of my life a little bit more, but mm-hmm. every February, usually I try to do a few posts. And last year I spoke at an event at hope, um, with oh. our counseling services, um, and kind of shared my story. And, um, this year I'm doing a couple fundraisers and then just doing some more blog posts about, cause I think for a lot of people who are struggling with this, the most helpful thing is hearing other people's stories and hearing how they got through it and that they got through it. Okay. And at least for me, when I was recovering, that was really what gave me hope was hearing about other people. How perfect is it then that we're doing this because we'll record it and we'll put it out there and hopefully we'll just pray that um, your story will encourage other people and help other people to heal. Um, Mm -hmm. It is February is national eating disorders awareness month. I wrote down week, but it's a month. (laughs) And so this is particularly awesome to do that. Now talk about Julia's plate because that's just the coolest thing ever. Mm -hmm. So I, like I said, I started it when I was a junior in high school. So about 16 and I didn't really do very much with it for the first couple years I was just kind of using it as um a fun outlet as I was sort of going through recovery but um over the last two years I don't want to say to people listening Julia's plate is an Instagram account and a Facebook page too I so it's a started as an Instagram and I have a blog now and then um a Facebook and Pinterest and just started a TikTok last week. So we'll see ah, about awesome. that. But. I love it. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to make sure people yeah. listening might be like, What is it? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and a and a cookbook to come. Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so it's um over the last couple of years it's definitely grown a lot, which is um still really crazy to me, but it's um, so fun and I love doing it, but I share recipes and um, meal ideas. Everything is gluten and dairy free because of my allergies, but um, there's a lot of people who have the same allergies. So it's fun to be able to make recipes um, that people can make no matter what allergies that they have. And Uh um I just launched a new website back in January um, that's been really fun to kind of put everything in one place. And um, But it's such a fun outlet for me, I think. Um, being in college, everything is really busy and stressful, and it's just really such a blessing to have this creative outlet that I can use and I've been able to connect with so many people um, really from all over the country that um, have similar interests and a lot of people who have similar stories. And um, it's just been such a huge blessing to meet them. And some of my closest friends are from Instagram, which is kind of (laughs) weird, but um, it's really fun. I love following. I'm like, I, I will say, oh, I'm so hungry. Julia's <laughs> so hungry because you put the most amazing pictures out there too. And then your recipes, I will say, are really doable. Um, even mm-hmm. for someone like me that's not a good cook. And I really appreciate all your ideas uh, that you put out there. 
Yeah, I try to make everything as approachable um, as I can, especially because being in college, I know that it is really hard to make time to cook and um, cook healthy meals in college. So my ebook that I put out last summer is just like all easy recipes that college students um, or anyone who is just really busy or just kind of getting into cooking can make. And they're usually like one bowl, 10 ingredients, um, just really simple, but good things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you probably have a side career in photography because all your pictures are so good too. Oh. <laughs> but I, I love the messages you put. It's just like encouraging food, deliciousness, simple. It's a really good um, recipe for, you know, a su- super successful business. And I see that also you sometimes showcase certain products. So are, um, are companies getting involved in what you're doing too? Yes. So that probably started in 2018 was when I started working with brands. Um, And I think I've worked with around 50 or 60 um, different companies now, which is so fun. Wow. um, That's amazing, Julia. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's really fun to just meet all the people and try all these fun products. And um, more recently I've, started doing some sponsored posts, which is, um, really fun. And it's definitely, um, kind of turned into something that I hope I can continue to do for a long time. And, um, I love getting to try all of these products and share them with people. And some of my friends and family members will try things out and they just love them. And, um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, um, I have to say that the charcuterie plates that you put out, or platters, I don't know how you say that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> have been a complete inspiration for my family. We, I don't know if, if uh, Kylie, my daughter, is a good friend of Julia's. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she told you about um, Christmas and New Year's. We were all in on the charcuterie looking at your yes. photos. <laughs> so I think she might have even asked you for advice. She's like, what kind of crackers, you know? And it's been yeah. really fun to see those too. Is that one of your favorite things to do? It is. That was definitely like a 2020 discovery for us. Um, when we, I think the first weekend of quarantine was the first time I made one when we were just kind of sitting around and not sure what to do. Um, and I've, we've made a bunch of them since then. My mom and my um, brother's fiance really love them too. So we all make them together and we have a my dad got my mom this board that's like three levels and so (laughs) it's one of our favorite things to do as a family just because it's just a fun way to connect and change things up which is definitely needed this year so I think I I saw too that you did it with your um cottage mates at school the girls that you live with you guys Mm -hmm. did it for a fun activity one night yeah that's awesome. One of the things I was wondering if you could share is um, it, what's your advice for students who are going to college for the first time? And, you know, everyone has their concerns about what it's going to be like to be in college, but leaving home and let's say you've struggled with an eating disorder. Like what would be your advice for someone mm-hmm. that's just starting out? Yeah. So this is um, definitely a challenge. I think um, college can be it's a challenge for everyone to go through that transition, but um, with that sort of added challenge of 
having an eating disorder, having had an eating disorder, it's a hard environment to be in because um, there's all these people who are your age. And especially living in a dorm, it's very easy to fall into comparison and um, comparing yourself and what you're eating to other people. And just on top of that, you're away from your family, which for a lot of um, people can be a support system or friends at home. And for me, it was definitely challenging to be um, on my own. But I think what really I would recommend is just putting a lot of effort into maintaining um, your support system Uh at home or finding one at school if you didn't really have that at home. And one thing that was really helpful for me was um, I kept the same therapist when I came to college. Um, I would just do Zoom calls with her, or I guess it was Skype freshman year. But um, And that was really helpful because it was a constant that I didn't have to sort of explain my whole story to someone new. Mm. Um, and also another thing that I would really recommend is in terms of comparison, just it's so hard not to, but just remembering that comparison really is the thief of joy. And for me, it's never led to anything good to compare myself to other people and um, just remembering that everyone's body and everyone's needs are so different and um, everybody has a different approach to food and a different mentality and something that's really challenging when you're recovering from an eating disorder is um, hearing like comments that can be triggering. Um, mm. There can be a lot of that in college, especially in dorms, people talking about losing weight or saying that they ate too much and things like that, that can be um, triggering for some people and just kind of keeping your things that you know are true really close to your heart is super important. And I would freshman year, I had a bunch of signs up in my room with things that I wanted to reinforce in my brain. And because when you have an eating disorder, it's really about retraining your brain to think things that are true instead of believing the lies But that takes effort, especially when you're sort of bombarded with all these different messages, whether it's people or social media. Yeah. Um, So just keeping those things at the forefront of your mind, I think, really helps. And just keeping your support system. And honestly, for me, sharing my experience with my friends at college has been really helpful. It can be scary, but I would definitely recommend that to people if they're ready to share. Yeah, I would think so because then I mean you're not hiding it, and right, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of um, energy to do that. It does. What would you say to somebody who is struggling right now and um, wants to start getting healthier, wants to mm-hmm. heal? What's the first step? What do you What do you say to people? Um, I think the first thing I would say is just that it will get easier. Um, That was really, really hard for me to believe at first. And I thought that I would just like pretend to recover until I went to college and then just go right back. And thankfully, obviously I didn't do that, but it's really hard to believe that the hard part of it where you're really struggling will end, but it will. And it's, 
a lot of work to recover from an eating disorder, but it's so worth it. And there were a lot of times where I felt like I just wanted to give up and just um, go back. But I'm really so thankful that I didn't because now I can't even imagine living like that anymore. And um, I think one of the most helpful things that you can do is just to really believe in yourself and believe that you will recover. And um, just, like I said, remembering the truths that you have and also just, I think, doing things in the way that you need to is really helpful. Um, Sometimes in high school, it was hard for me to like eat my lunch with a whole big group of people. So sometimes I would just go to an empty classroom or go eat with a teacher or something like that, that just was something that maybe wasn't the conventional way of doing things, but I knew that I needed to do it. Um, And just trusting yourself and um, trusting God and trusting that for some reason, this is part of your story and part of his plan for you and things will get better. You are so strong. And you, you have this really cool personality where you're like, you have this inner strength, but yet you are the most, you're so kind and creative and smart. I just love talking to you. And I'm so glad that Kylie has found you as a friend on campus. I know that you've been just a real source of joy for her and a good friend going through communications classes Mm -hmm. and, and just hanging out and um, showing her how to cook too, because that's kind of been a new thing for her this year, uh, learning how to do some of those things. So you're a real inspiration, Julia. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Like you said, it's so powerful to share these stories and, I think I just hope so many people will be encouraged by this because I am. And no matter what your struggle is, I think a lot of the things you talked about will be helpful. Definitely. I think it's um, eating disorders are unique, but the struggle and the process of recovering is definitely similar to a lot of other mental health struggles and just um, life in general. So, mm-hmm. So I'm going to put on the on the notes for this how to find Julia's plate and how mm-hmm. to check all of your resources out. Um, and I think people will just love to try out your new recipes. What is your favorite one right now before we end? I want to hear, like, what is your favorite thing right now that you're making? Um, I think the avocado toast. The avocado toast <laughs> is amazing. Like, I just want to eat avocado toast when I see your pictures. <laughs> Thank you. Um... I think my favorite right now is probably my chocolate chip muffins, chocolate Mm. chip peanut butter muffins. Um, I made those in, I think, December for the first time, and that's probably my favorite right now. Well, I'm going to try those. That sounds good. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I am honored that Julia shared her story with me and this community of Actually I Can. I hope that you are encouraged by her courage. I also hope that her story will help others who are struggling with an eating disorder or maybe help you to learn more about how to help someone who is. As Julia discussed, hearing other people's stories can be a really important part of recovery. 
To learn more about Julia and her joy for cooking, check out juliasplate.com, find her on Instagram at juliasplate, and enjoy her recipes and culinary creations. And if you happen to visit Holland, Michigan, you'll know to keep an eye out for her and her friends who are literally running around the delightful community of Hope College. As always, thank you for listening. If you like this episode or you think it would be helpful for someone, please share it with a friend or post it on your social media account. Thank you to Lacey Canfield for providing the wonderful music to this cast and to my daughter, Kylie Galloway, for her amazing and patient production skills. Take care, everyone. Keep shining for Jesus. <laughs>